The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the amazingly talented, the person who everybody loves. Uh, the, she is just on the top of her game right now, Michelle Yu. That was very nice, Billy. And how and you, you were wet on uh, Sunday. Boy, was that a <laughs> lousy day out there, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it got pretty, um, Ugh, it got pretty sloshy. Sloshy. Great, great word, sloshy. Um, <laughs> Michelle, uh, listen, normally we come on the show, we do three things of note. We kick things off. We're going to have a great interview with actually one of the owners of a horse I'm sure we're going to about, uh, about to talk about. Um uh, his name is Mike Grimm, and I think everybody's going to really like what he has to say. He's a very interesting guy with some great stories. But, Michelle, I think the star of the weekend is Flightline. Indeed. Uh, Flightline was ultra-impressive in the grade one Malibu. He bested, I would say, overall an okay field, um, but it did include grade one winner, multiple grade one winner, Dr. Shivel, who just didn't show up. Um but I think that even if he had shown up, he would have been second to Flightline. Yeah, he was you know, super impressive. I'm sure by this time people are sick of hearing about it. Um, so I don't think we should go into the race too okay. much. I mean, he just basically... I do have a cool quote from Mark Glatt, though. Okay, well, let's just talk Flightline. Broke steps low, uh, made the lead in, in you know, average time for grade one, seven ace. You know, I think it was 22 and change. I think he came home and won 21 and change, which is obviously very fast. But he wasn't even... Pratt never moved a muscle. He did exactly what he had done in his two previous starts. And Michelle, I have a question for you. It's like, can you think of uh, horses that you've seen, maybe in person or maybe not in person, that were as impressive as Flightline was in the Malibu? Um, I'll give I mean, you a I couple. Think I'll give you a couple of okay. mine. One, uh, Landalusi. At okay. Hollywood Park. Now, you were probably way too young to see that race when she won by, like, literally the length of the stretch. I also thought of Hollywood Park uh, just a, as a young kid, an impressionable race, and I think I've spoken uh, about it on the show before, was uh, when J.O. Tobin drew off and beat Seattle Slough. Um, just kind of left you in awe. Uh, other more recent ones I thought of were uh, the Met Mile with Frosted where he just mm -hmm. destroyed that field. Um, but there aren't, you know, obviously you can go back to a horse like Secretariat that day. That's the most famous right. 31 lengths. Um, but see, for me, I think it's like horses that made up a lot. Like you're thinking Arrogate of horses that came from behind. Yeah, like that, horses that came oh, like a, a was, Alex when he fell down. Like, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't goosebump raising because of the way they did it. It's because they overcame something. And he didn't this overcome is just the it. Way the this was did just it. amazing. I mean, I was talking yeah. to, to, to Baffert the day of the morning after the race as Sadler was kind of walking up to us or actually he might've been sitting there and Baffert was just like, it's like, he's just never seen a horse move like that, you know, and, and Baffert's mm -hmm. had uh, arrogant and American Pharaoh and justify. He said, 
the way the flight line moves and covers the ground and does everything so easily is just it was it was amazing to see. I give him full credit to John Sadler and and obviously um, all the owners involved, including uh, Costa Hronas, our very good friend, West Point Thoroughbreds um, at all. Uh, just an amazing, amazing performance. And truthfully, you know, John Sadler used the word historic and I think he's right. I don't think it's mm-hmm. hyperbole. I think there was a historic performance from a horse that is, uh, absolutely amazing and untested. I mean, even though he's, you know, he ran into grade one and like you said, but he's, mm-hmm. no one's even gotten close to him. The, the quote from Mark Glatt that was in the DRF was, that was the most impressive horse I've seen with my own eyeballs. I was born the year Secretariat won the Derby. I've seen the footage, but I've never witnessed a performance like that. It was. And you know, kudos to Mark Glatt. I mean, he came back after and he just said, look, my horse, you know, didn't didn't really fire. And it happens. He said that he might be a little sick. They're running some blood work on him right now. All right. Well, uh, amazing performance by Flightline. What else happened this weekend, Michelle, that he kind of overshadowed? Um, well, I have a okay. So he kind of parlays into um, another thing. Eclipse Awards are going to be divvied out here soon. And that was the last weekend that we're going to be paying attention. So, like, people are going to be putting in their ballots. They're due January 10th. So, my question for you, Billy, is I'm looking at Top Sprinter now. And I think everyone thought it was going to be between uh, Dr. Shivel and uh, Jackie's West. Warrior Jackie's and Warrior. Aloha West. Do, I don't know, do I man. Do a flight line in this now? Yeah. And possibly three-year-old. I don't I, know. I think, I mean, I'm going to say that for a three-year-old, Medi- it's got to be Medina Spirit. I know, but with all the controversy surrounding Medina Spirit, do people just say, I you know what? Take, I don't think it should take away that's, from the horse itself. That's Mommy. fair of you. You have kids in the background. That's completely fair of you to say. I'm just not sure people are going to look at it that way. And when you look at what Flightline just did and what he has done, even though he only made three starts... I'm not arguing for him, but I can see the argument is there, you know. um, So I'm not crazy if I put him as like the best sprinter. (laughs) I don't think you are. I mean, does he have the body of work of, say, Jackie's Warrior? No. Um, no, But but when you look like when you look at each individual horse and you're looking at like their past performances and you try and figure out like what they've done. Right. So let's look at the other um, sprinters just very quickly. So Dr. Shivel only had five starts this year now, including the Malibu. Right. He did win one grade one, the Bing Crosby. He won the San Diego Sprint Championship. He ran second in the Breeders' Cup and off the board here to Flightline. Then uh, Jackie's Warrior had seven starts this year. Four of those were wins. And one of those was a grade one where he won the Allen Jerkins. But his lone try against older horses, which all of Dr. Shivel's race until the Malibu were against older horses, he was well beaten sure. in the Breeders' Cup. Sure. So, you know, it was exclusively against three-year-olds. And Aloha West, he had nine starts this year, which is crazy. Uh, five of those were wins, including the Breeders' Cup, but the rest were just allowance wins. I mean, uh, you know, he didn't even win the Grade 2 Phoenix. He didn't win the Kelly's Landing. So that was his first stakes win overall. Um, so when you take a look at that and you see that there's been no one with like 10 starts under their belt. Um, I guess it makes it look a little bit better. At least he did win a grade one. He was undefeated here in some huge numbers and he was never tested. Yeah. You know, I could see I mean, it. I don't know. I can see it. I, I, I can see the argument. 
I, I, because and, Bolden Powell, I think, could could stand a little bit of a, a nibble there, and he only had four starts this year, yeah, and two, uh, one at, of them was in the UK. Yeah, I don't think they'll look at Golden I mean, Powell. we give it to a lot of UK-based horses when they win the Breeders' Cup. Let me ask you a question, uh, Michelle. A lot of a lot of times mm-hmm. you do stuff like this. It, you line up uh, the Breeders' Cup sprint um, today, mm-hmm. or you know, and it's it's a month from now. What? Mm-hmm. Who's the favorite? Flightline. Right. He's the best sprinter. In the right. country right now. Now, mm-hmm. is that the Eclipse Award? Is it the body of work or is it who is the best sprinter? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't. Thankfully, I don't have a vote. Uh, but if I did, I, I'd have some th- really some thinking to do. Um, I've I literally sat here for over an hour trying to think about this. But why, um, and, and why couldn't he be the the best three year old? I mean, Medina Spirit with all the the all, listen, rest in peace. I mean, it's just the saddest story of all time. I, I don't even want to talk about it. But with everything that happened to him, um, with the Derby controversy and all that, Hot Rod Charlie, um, his last two I, I races. Know. My my three votes went to Medina Spirit first, Essential Quality second, sure, and quality. I put Life is Good third because he at least won a Breeders Cup. Right. So yeah, Hot don't Rod forget Charlie, about Life is not, Good. Huh? Don't forget about life is good. Yeah, he's a three-year-old. So yeah, yeah he wasn't a yeah, classic but, distance type, but um, what a three-year-old yeah. crop that yeah, it turned out to right? be pretty incredible. All right. I mean, let me take some look at. Then you take a look at horses that are in here, like Golden Pal. I mean, just because yeah. he's a turf sprinter doesn't mean he's not a great three-year-old. You already mentioned Hot Rod Charlie, Jackie's Warrior, um, Mandaloon, who we didn't really get to see the best of. You yep. didn't even mention your Preakness winner Rombauer because he's you know yeah. just now coming back. So. Yabir, he's a three-year-old, and you know he's a turf horse, but he won two grade incredible, one. Incredible, incredible group. Mm-hmm. Incredible group. Good, good crop. Good, good crop. Good job. Good job by uh, breeding uh, three-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> and um, racing. And the nice thing is, I think Flight Line's going to keep going. I mean, I, yeah, so I was waiting Thomas for the announcement aim for like four starts in 2022 with an eye on the Met Mile. Yeah, uh, he did say he wanted to stretch him out. I thought they were going to maybe aim for things that are farther than a mile but the yeah. that mile is quite the stallion making race so maybe that's what they're thinking okay good stuff michelle good research right, last, i have the last of my third thing of note or yeah. the three things of note it's a little sad though oh no i don't um, like the sad so, stuff i'm sorry it is billy turner who is the trainer of triple crown winner seattle slough has cancer and he is actually in hospice and he needs some help. Okay. He was originally living on a farm that was front of one of his owners owned. They sold the farm and the owners, when they sold it, had um, negotiated a like lifetime lease for Billy and his wife. Okay. And the owners were like, yeah, yeah. Well, then they kicked him out. So oh, unfortunately for them, they like had to move. He was in the hospital on December 17th. He has like massive cancer that's like transferring all over. Um, the old owners will match up to $10,000 of funds raised in the GoFundMe. So if anyone loved Seattle Slough and you want to give a little something to someone that was a part of him, he does have a GoFundMe going on to help with medical care while he's in hospice. Christmas spirit. Christmas. Well, that's sad, Michelle, uh, but I appreciate you bringing it to everybody's attention. I think what we should do is get to the Mike Grimm interview. Let's give Mike a call, and then we'll. I think people are going to enjoy this because he has quite a personality, according to Michelle, but we're going to find out all about it. Um, we'll come right back. We'll do the interview with Mike Grimm, and then we'll wrap up the show. How's that? Perfect. Fair? All right. Yep. We'll be right back. 
Just want to remind you guys that Adelphi Racing Club is a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing. And hey, it's the new year. It's going to be time to get into horse racing. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates, as well as on their own. And the overachieving goal with Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, along with the thrill of partnership experiences. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to their partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, as well as other members of the team and they've got an exciting class of upcoming yearling prospects which are now available i have to say you guys get into it you're looking for a horse for the new year join the club check out matt m-a-t-t at adelphi racing.com a-d-e-l-p-h-i racing.com back here on the owner's box with a very special guest today his name is mike Grimm, and you know he may not be a, a a name that you see a lot He's got a very big horse, as we've already discussed on the show. Mike, first of all, welcome to the owner's box. And second of all, congratulations on what was maybe even a historic weekend. Oh, I really appreciate that, Billy. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I'm thankful you guys uh, reached out. I'm glad to be on. And, yes, Sunday was a very special day and very hopefully a very historical day. It was the start of a historical run, so. Well, Mike, we're very excited about him. It, I, the whole world is excited about Flightline. But, Mike, before we get into him, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you, you started in horse ownership. Well, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I, I was, a, you know, I, I, I grew up in Texas. Uh, my grandfather owned a grocery store in downtown, the downtown square of a very small town in North Texas. Reminds you of Mayberry, Yard, you know, Mayberry, Andy Griffith type of setting. And he was a butcher and the owner of the store. And, his, my grandmother, grandmother and grandfather both lived. They, their house was literally like five blocks down the street from downtown. And my granddad, obviously having cattle and horses, you know, I grew up with cattle and I had a big gray quarter horse, uh, cutting horse named Smokey that I rode all the time. And so <laughs> we I grew all, up, I grew up we around, all had a Smokey. I grew up around horses. <laughs> yeah, I grew up around, well, I had, a, and then I had a, I had a, chestnut named ginger you know and uh, <laughs> but anyway yeah. but anyway uh, you know nothing nothing out of the order there but my granddad loved horse racing and on saturdays uh you know he like this, and i can go back i can tell you the exact year is 1973 uh we used to he i'd be working the store on the weekends on saturdays or something stocking shelves or whatever you know little things delivering he delivered groceries to the shut-in and the elderly you know they ran credit on groceries back in those days, you know, and so they yeah, a very popular store. And anyway, on Saturdays during the racing, the big race, the spring of spring of, you know, racing season, he'd always come give me say, Hey, let's, let's walk down to the house. I need to watch a race. And so right next to their store on the, on the town square was the movie theater. And so we'd walk in there, he'd grab two bags of popcorn. We'd get in his <laughs> truck was the delivery truck we'd drive up to the house we'd walk in he'd turn the tv on and it was always the kentucky derby or the preakness or the belmont you know and and so in, in 1973 obviously secretariat a horse named secretariat uh, yeah i know i never heard dominated. of him yeah well yeah yeah i'll just say you know he dominated and got got the country's attention and uh got caught a 15 year old kid named mike Grimm's attention and uh Anyway, I was very interested in horse racing, and and this is kind of a funny part of it where it gets a little funny. Uh, the, at the, about the same time in 1973, there was a a singer 
named Carly Simon with a song called You're So Vain. And and in the song, there's the lyrics, you know, I heard you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. And, you know, so I was like, Saratoga, horse naturally won, you know. And I never even heard of Saratoga. I was 15 years old, sure. living in North Texas. It was a really small town in North Texas. But I, I, I was interested in racing because, you know, what I'd seen with my granddad, Washington Secretariat, and, you know, uh, the next few years. And uh, anyway, uh, at, this, at that same time, there was a show a show on television. Back in those days, you had NBC, ABC, and CBS. Those were right. the three Michelle, choices. Michelle doesn't oh, understand ABC. that. They didn't have streaming back yeah, then, well, Michelle. Yeah. You know, well, they didn't have I'm that. not that young, Billy. Thank you. I'm, I, I remember uh, having to get up and turn my TV with my little dial because we didn't have remote controls. I had to yeah. go click, click, yes. click, click. Yeah. The my, clicker. You know. That's why it was called the yeah. clicker. Yeah. Well, my, my TV was the clicker. I, my brother and I were the remote. Yeah, we were the remote. We were the remote back in those days. Because my grandfather's, my dad or my mom would say, "Hey, change the channel." So, but there was a there was a TV show on the time, same time frame, 1973 or so, called Heart to Heart. Sure. Uh, it was uh, it was you know, uh, if you remember Stephanie Powers and uh, Robert Wagner. And, of course. And the opening credit of that, the opening credit, they had a catchy theme, but it showed a Learjet taking off from my airport and with the theme song playing, and they'd show. Robert Wagner standing back this Learjet and, and then Stephanie Powers is obviously beautiful and I was singing I was saying, Yeah, I really like this lifestyle. <laughs> Private jet, you know. And so it's all just kind of impacting this young fourteen or fifteen year old kid and 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 you know, as I got older I went to I graduated, I went to Baylor University, graduated and I got hired out of college by Procter and Gamble. They sent me to Little Rock, Arkansas and that's where I set up shop and Eventually, worked my way into wealth management, working in the financial services industry. And uh, while I was there, I had some buddies of mine that were attorneys over at a law firm named the Rose Law Firm, which became famous because that's where Hillary Clinton, you know, was a, an attorney. And a lot sure. of the attorneys that went with the Clintons up to Washington were from the Rose Firm. But a friend of mine that was a a, a partner there called and said, "Hey, I know you love horse racing. There's three of us fixing to buy a horse down in Louisiana." Uh, he hadn't, he's never won a race, but we're going to buy him for 5,000 bucks. And if you get in, that'd be four of us. It'd be 1250 a piece. And, you know, here's what it costs. And we figure it'll be about 300 a month. If, if he doesn't win anything, you know, I said, Hey, I'm in, you know, and yeah. let's do it. So we bought this horse is a Louisiana bred maiden 5,000 maiden claimer named Niloway was his name. And that was my first horse. And, you know, we were so the first few races we were just you know we're sitting there you know when they brought him around to get j- the jockey up you know there's Larry Snyder there's sure. Pat Day there's a jockey named Don Howard you know these guys that I've been watching because in Little Rock I started going down to Oakland Park that's where I really went to the races for the first time Oakland Park and Hot Springs and so all of a sudden we on a horse and we were just eating it up you know people crowded around the the paddock watching the horse get saddled and we we're just you know like i said we we're all young 25 year old guys 26 27 years old guys and you know about the third or fourth race we we had him uh randy moss who's on nbc now randy was a friend of ours and he's writing for the little rock paper and he's writing for the dallas morning news doing the horse picks for both those papers and he came over our table before the race and goes hey I saw your horse. This is on a Sunday, October fourth, nineteen eighty-seven. Wait a second. Hold on. Stop. How do but, you remember these dates? I can't remember yesterday. Well, I, I, well, I can remember this day because number one, it was uh, my first horse horse race that I won. Okay. And and, and also it was nineteen eighty-seven because about a week later, uh, the market crashed. 
Okay. That was black, you know, Black Friday. Yes. But uh, anyway, uh, I had a big, you know, I was doing well. I had had a little bit of money. I was single. I was young. And and my buddy that was the attorney, he said, hey, let's load up. Well, Randy said that. He said, I'll yeah. tell your horse work uh, Friday morning. You know, probably, our trainer blew him out, and he went really fast, three furlongs. And so he said, really looked good. I, I said, I picked him third today. I said, yeah, I saw that while I was driving over here today. And uh, anyway, so we loaded up on him. He was seventeen to one, and oh. he caught the horses at the stretch, and he won at seventeen to one. And <laughs> I, I had a I had a twenty five dollar uh, exacta. It was a five dollar exacta, but I had a twenty five dollar exacta. Sure. So I had it five times. I paid five hundred and fifty two dollars and fifty cents. I can still tell you the amount. That's of money. amazing. And, you know, he he paid he paid thirty something dollars on the win, and and I had two hundred across on him, and, and you guys you know, got we're out. off and running and. Yeah, we got well. We we I drove home that night with a lot of money in my pocket. The next day, a friend of of one of the attorneys who had gone to law school with him in Arkansas was a guy named Steve Anthony. Steve's dad was John Ed Anthony, who was at the time Loblolly Stable. Sure. He's now still in the racing, but he's short leaf now. But yep. Steve Steve said, "Hey, Dad's got some yearlings up in Kentucky. I don't know how that nag of y'all's won yesterday, but if y'all are interested." He's got some horses, some yearlings. He's just looking to get some stud fees for. And if any of you guys would like to get in, my brother-in-law and I would like to get in with you. And so, make a long story short, short, we sent our trainer up to Kentucky to look because they were in groups of three. We sent our trainer. His name was Paul Murphy. He was from England and was a great turf. Really, was turf was especially, but he went up and picked up a group of three, and we bought those three horses and. This is where the story really gets crazy. We sold one of them immediately to a family outside of Fort Worth, which is where I live now. I live in Fort Worth, Texas, but they lived out west. Fourth had is Marshall Mickey Robinson. They had a great horse named Groovy. Sure, he was a sprinter back in those days. Absolutely. And they had they had Groovy. We sold one of the horses. Uh, she was a big spruce filly. We sold her to them. They wanted they were looking for a broodmare prospect, and we kept the other two. And one of them was a wavering monarch filly that we named Way to the Queen. She became a multiple stakes winner on the turf here on the Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, Louisiana circuit. And and then the other horse of the three was a colt three-year-old. There's, you know, uh, he, he was colt named, we named him Estron. He was out of Aaron's Isle, who is a turf horse over in Ireland. Remember him well. And he was out of a Casas Ridge mare named Cox Solo. And so uh, he became a multiple stakes winner. So out of those, you know, out of that little money we made out of the cheap maiden claimer, we branched off into two really good horses that both won, you know, several hundred, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a piece and multiple stakes winner. They each won nine races in wow. their career. Yeah, which you know is very hard to do. Well, no, I was going to say, Mike, this doesn't happen like this all the time. Mike is the luckiest guy I have ever met. Okay, so, I mean, you get into the game. Yeah, Michelle's always saying that I'm the lucky guy, and and I agree with her that I am. But, you know, anyway, we ended up, I ended up, we ended up selling. We got, we sold Esker Island to a group out on the West Coast, and they took him out there, and he ran it the old Hollywood park. He ran at Bay Meadows. And unfortunately one day at Bay Meadows, he was coming down he loved to come closing down the middle of the stretch. And my partner and I were actually in Las Vegas in the race book, watching this race when it happened. And, and he, he went down, he hit wow. a hole in the turf course. He went down. It was, you know, so we're sitting in the race book crying because we love these horses like their family, you know, and yeah, 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 that's no. still true today. But, but anyway, that was, 
you know, Way the Queen went on to be a nice little broodmare. I went to visit her up in Kentucky at the farm. She was Glen, at Glencrest and go up there and see her and visit her and her foes. And, you know, and so anyway, well, that's how I got started. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting that you said that because we talk all the time, and Michelle can confirm this, about the highs and the lows of this game. And, and you just brought oh, up a yeah. great point. You you talked about this amazing story of going to the track and betting on a 17-to-1 shot, your very first horse that won. You talk about these horses that right. become stakes horses. But probably I can imagine the image of that horse, unfortunately, going down is just – there's no way to describe it as an owner. It was shattering. And, yeah. and I got out of the business at that point. Interesting. And, you know, we, we, well, we sold, you know, you know, with, we had sold Esker Island and then we sold Way of the Queen. We, she had moved over to, to a young, very young trainer. I still got the pictures of him in the winter circle with Tom Amos. Tom Amos got her into a, a race called the, uh, the old South at Louisiana Downs on the turf and sure. she won it. Uh you know, Tom actually ran one, two, three that day in that stakes race. Well, let, yeah, we were yeah, talking I, about that. We were, I saw him at Churchill about a month ago and we were talking about that. That he went he ran one, two, three and we were just talking about how young and dumb we all were. But he was just getting <laughs> started out as a trainer and Michelle and we, is, like I said, we were young. Wait, Mike, Michelle is the only kids. one the only one on this phone call that seems to be getting smarter as she gets older. I think because I'm yeah. certainly <laughs> going the wrong direction. Um, and I know she has some oh, questions for you. Go like, ahead, how Michelle. Did, how, how did you go from being out of the business to getting back in at the level that you are? And, and as being an individual right. owner, why did you opt to get back in with partnerships? Well, here's what happened. I, uh, you know, I think, Michelle, you know part of this story. But uh, I'd been out and in July of 2016. I woke up on a Sunday morning, uh, July the 3rd, actually, of July of, of 2016. I woke up on a Sunday morning. Trying to get, I had my anniversaries on July the 4th, and my wife and I had gone out to dinner that night before to one of our favorite restaurants in Dallas. And I got up, I was trying to, I, was, I knew I needed to get ready to go to church, and I had a little bit of time, so I thought I'd get on a, uh, doing a, a little workout. So we had, a, I had a Peloton bike. I went in and got on a Peloton bicycle, did a workout. My wife was watching a movie. I finished 45 minute intermediate class, and got a bottle of water and I was going to go shower, get ready to go to church. And, uh, I sat down with my wife to watch. She was watching the movie Notting Hill, which I'll never forget, obviously. And I drained my bottle of water and I got up and I said, I'm going to go get ready. And I took it, took two steps and it felt like somebody was poking like a iron rod into my chest. You know, oh, that's, that is very weird, very strange feeling, but to me, you know, to, just to tell you, uh, I had a massive heart attack and, uh, I I ended up dying on the table that day. Uh, and, uh, you know, I saw, I saw heaven, I saw the afterlife, you know, there's no doubt in my mind I was there. And then I recovered from that. It took, uh, you know, months and months of cardiac rehab, but I made it back. And, and that next spring, uh, it was a spring of 20, that was spring of 2017. And, uh, we, uh, my wife went to University of Kentucky. She's a graduate from of the Gatton School of Business there, and she's in the Hall of Fame, the Business School Hall of Fame. And so we gone up because we have her nieces were at UK at the time, and it, it just so happened that you know her graduation was uh, was Derby Derby weekend, and so we're up there. We had we spent you know went out to Keeneland and made our Derby best that day, and. Uh, uh, we uh, 
had had some time on that Monday before we had to catch our flight. We were taking a late flight back on Monday, and so I said, "Hey, let's go out to." I heard a lot about uh, you know old friends' farm, and so we went out to old friends, and and Michael Blowen took us around on with the other. It was just part of the cheer group, but Michael Blowen was was the leading the tour and we saw all these famous old horses you know alphabet soup and uh you know just so many great old horses there uh uh cigar you know, and i uh, I, did, I don't remember seeing cigar yeah. but i saw a warfront uh a silver charm you sure. know i saw silver charm a little silver charm i saw the grave for proper reality who had been running in arkansas and i knew Cal Partee, who owned that horse back when I lived in Little Rock, and you know, so uh, anyway, you know, it's it, when we, we left, you know, we we're driving, we fed them, you know, Mr. Bowen, Michael gave us carrots to feed all the horses on, feeding all these horses, and you know, hugging on them, loving on them, and you know, they're laying their head over my chest, which I love. I love rubbing their necks and their ears, and just kind of you know, pat them on the side of their face, and they're eating up the carrots and. We got in the car to drive back to Lexington and get to the airport. And my wife's like, that was so much fun. I had so much fun. I said, that's going to be one expensive trip. You know, <laughs> and she was why I said, because I just remembered how much, the, I just, I said, I just remember how much, I just remembered how much these horses mean to me, how much I love them. And I'm going to get back in the business. And so I got back that night. I called Steve Anthony, my, you know, our old partner and, and said, Hey Steve, are you doing anything with the horses? And he said, no, you know, dad, dad's still running but my brother's kind of the one helping him out and i said well he said why i said because i'm thinking about getting back in the business i told him the story i've been at old friends i missed the business i want to get back he said and he, he's the one who told me he said well if you're looking to you know get in uh, i talked to a couple of trainers who are actually doing some things on their own and i won't i won't bring them their names up because i haven't been given permission to these names but they're no great great trainers now obviously but they're really great guys but uh it just so happened that, you know, one of the, the groups that my buddy told me to call was West Point. And I'd called West Point. They reached out to me, uh, a guy named Jeff Wilson, who I, I love. You know, Jeff had was early on one of the TVG guys there in, sure. in, in California. But but he's a great guy. He's kind of my guy. He's my advisor here at West Point. And, you know, he, I, he told me we talked about what I was looking for and what I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, and I told him, you know, and so we understand, you know, we do, you know, you can buy pretty much any part of a horse that you want to buy. And I said, well, you know, I've owned, I said, I look for the partnership deal because, you know, when I was partners with my buddies, those three or four guys were, when we first started out, it was always fun when we were uh, together, you know, you yeah. get to celebrate those wins together. Those are fun times. And, and we traveled together to the tracks. We'd charter planes and fly. Like I remember one day, a great story. Uh, Esker Island was running the first race at Louisiana Downs, and we had Wave the Queen in about the seventh or eighth race at Remington Park that day. So we chartered a little uh, Beechcraft Baron. We flew from Hot Springs to Shreveport, had a taxi pick us up and take us to Louisiana Downs, had him wait for us. We ran and bet Esker Island. He won in a maiden race. We ran out, got on the plane, flew to, to Oklahoma City. There was a landing strip right there behind the track at Remington, and we ran out over there, and 
Played a clean one, and we got on a plane and flew back to Hot Springs. So, you know. That sounds like a hell – that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day, Mike yeah, Graham. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it was. <laughs> we were crazy. We were crazy young guys. You know, and, and Remington was, you know, new with the Equitrack Equi surface. And anyway, Wave the Queen, she ended up winning the uh, Remington Park Oaks, uh, the first Remington Park Oaks. And then – I mean, I'm sorry, the debutante. She ran a debutante as a two-year-old. Then she came back the next year as a three-year-old. And we had Esker Allen was in the Runeton Park Derby, the first Runeton Park Derby. And on Saturday, he got beat by our son, Clever Trevor, who he'd run against a couple of times. But Clever Trevor was a very nice horse. And uh, and then where the Queen was the favorite in the Oaks the next day, and she won, you know, gate to wire. And so we won the first Runeton debutante, first Runeton Oaks oh, with her. Cool. And, uh, Mike, yeah, so, cool. so when, you call, cool. when you talk to Jeff Lipson, were you like, hey, I just want to get back in the game. I just want any old horse. Yeah. Remington's fine. Or did you say, like, I want to buy into, like, a million-dollar horse that's going to be a grade one winner? <laughs> no, well, what, 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 I, what I tell you, this is kind of funny because Jeff said, what do you – he said, Mike, what are you after? Are you, are you in this to make money? I said, no, Jeff. I said, I, I believe it's possible to make money if you get really lucky, but I want – and this is true. I want winter circle pictures and trophies. And so yep. Jeff goes, you, you're in for the glory. I said, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's one of the things I love about West Point is West Point's looking for those horses, you know, that are going to run on Saturday afternoons and, sure. and, and run the big races. And, and I can't say enough how West Point's over-delivered on that for me. It's, you know, I've had, uh, you know, a piece of the last two der uh, horses in the last two derbies. I've had uh, three horses in the Breeders' Cup. You know, and, and I've won now with Flatlines win Sunday. I've now won a grade one, grade two, and grade three all at Santa Anita. So, That's you know, amazing. Yeah. The, so, Mike, is, is Flightline your favorite horse that you've been a part of or no? Well, at this point, I would probably just say no. Uh, it would, it would, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had a horse uh, back in the old days. After I got back in the business, uh, after I'd been out, I, I you know, I owned, I owned one horse on my own with a couple of guys named Golden Rhythm, who was just a nice turf horse here in, in Texas. You know, she ran the Texas-Louisiana circuit also. Nice turf. She was out of rhythm, uh, you know. So, you know, it's kind of a freak of nature that she could run on the turf like she did. And she did well for us. She won multiple stakes races, but not greatest stakes. And I'd never had a greatest stakes type horse until – I uh, got in West Point and Jeff called me one day after we had talked, we talked then about, you know, he called me a few more times checking in and said, Hey, we just, we've got this horse that we're about to be out of. We've got just a little bit left. If you'd be interested in this, I think this would be a good horse for you to start back in. And his name was seven trumpets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seven Sprinter. Trumpets. Yeah. And, and so I bought him and uh, bought into him and, you know, seven trumpets was, he was fantastic. You know, I'll never forget. He broke his maiden at Churchill, and I was there. I'd flown up there to see him run because I hadn't been to races in a long time. And I'll never forget him coming into the stretch and opening up and just pulling away and winning the race. And he went on to, you know, he ran a lot of big races. He he ran uh, he ran the Jerome at uh, Aqueduct in January of the next year, and he should have won the race. He had the lead, and for he got over on the rail in this mud and. Forenze fire caught him right, 
right in the last jump. At least, at least he didn't bite him. At least he didn't bite him. No, he did. Yeah, yeah, he didn't savage him. He didn't savage him. I, but, Mike, you know, but seven Trump is in a. Then seven Trump's ended up being. You know, he went to the. He went to the uh, Breeders' Cup that year at Churchill, and he ran in the the uh, the mile. And unfortunately, he was running against a horse named City of Light, and he ran against a horse named Catalina Cruiser. And they were pretty good. And uh, yeah, yeah, they, they were, were pretty, pretty good. good. But now, and but Fr- see now, Friends Fr- Fr- Fire was in that race too. You know? Right, Mike. But now you're on the top of the mountain. It's people running against you. I just have a question, a little bit about expectations. Because we all saw what what Flightline did in his first two races, but there's still, you know, if you look at social media or you hear people talk like, eh, he didn't really beat anybody, he never really got out of first gear, now he's going to have to face grade one winners and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out and just absolutely annihilates this, you know, relatively yeah, know. good field. Well, when they when they turn for home, when they hit, like, the quarter pull, and all of a sudden Pratt puts two lengths, three lengths, four lengths, like, what's going through your mind? I mean, are you thinking, you're, are you thinking about the out-of-body experience when you saw the afterlife, or what's going on? Well, what I was thinking was, uh, you know, I had, I had uh, my wife, uh, you know, we actually put that horse in her name, and, we put Flatline in her name, and uh, we have an LLC, but put it in her name. And, uh, you know, she was out there with another one of my our good friends who are partners in the horse, and she was out there with them, and they spent Christmas at the Bell Hour Hotel, and then they went to races on Sunday. And uh, anyway, you know, I told her, you know, I'd, I'd done some pretty serious handicapping on Christmas night, and uh, and I really kept looking at it. I said, you know, I, you know, as well as those, I, the more I looked at the past farms, I get a little, little more worried. And then I'd look at social media and I hear what people are saying about Dr. Shavel or about some of the other stiletto boy or, you know, some of the other horses that are in the race and start getting a little. He worried. says he hears what other people are saying, Billy. It was me. I was the one saying all this. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Michelle was, she kept saying Dr. Shavel's a really good horse. And I said, well, you know, fly line's a good horse too. You know, and I know what people are saying, but you know, naysayers are always going to, Everybody wants to take the negative and take the shot at a horse, you know, and everybody tries to beat the favorite. And of course. so that's just, to me, that was just natural. I knew he was going to get people trying to hit on him and, and take shots at him. You know, cause yeah, like you said, he had, he had won a maiden special weight easily. He had won a non-winners of two at Del Mar easily, but you know, he also did it so easy. He was never asked. That's right. why I looked at it. He had never been asked. We still had not hit the bottom of him. That's what John would say. You know, we haven't hit the bottom of this horse yet, and he's also I still, talented. Mike, and, and, I still want to know what was going through your mind yeah, when, well, I, when he's, when he's at the quarter so, pole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love your stories, and I'm sure, I'm sure well, our well, audience I is going to love yeah, your stories, but we only yeah. have so much time well, that we could spend with yeah, you. No, I, well, I'll finish we could have I'll lunch. I mean, we could have, we have like, lunch and dinner with you, I think. Yeah, I'll be out there soon, and I'll let you all know. But anyway, I I drove out to Lone Star Park. Sunday afternoon, I put my bets, my wagers in for the races at Santa Anita, and I had some pretty good luck that day. And you know, on Sunday, but, but I put a nice win wager on on Fly Line because it just came to me like something just hit me that said he's going to win this race. And you know, uh, and I because I watched Dr. Shavel's Breeders' Cup, and you know, he he looked great come out of turn and opened up in the stretch, and then you know he got caught in the last jumps by Aloha West, and I'm like, I don't think he's going to catch flatline sure and i don't think flatline's gonna let him buy if he does and so anyway you know as he as they came to the turn to the turn 
and he had the lead. You know, he had not broken well, but he he was so e- he so easily came up and got the lead. And as it came to the turn, I saw Flavian kind of ask, and you know, and as he turned for home, you know, the tears. No one was coming, and no one was coming. And he turned and he opened up immediately, pretty quickly as they hit the hit the stretch. The tears started rolling down the cheeks. There and that's what my I sat on my couch. I sat on the couch and the tears were rolling and I literally cried until I saw him coming back to the winning circle. You always wonder, is he okay? And I always like to watch it. And his gallop out was great, you know. It he is gallop out great. Yeah, and, it and is when amazing. I saw him yeah. back, I knew it's fine. It is amazing the emotion yeah, that it's the amazing oh, thing is the emotion that these horses give us uh, in success, oh, yeah. failure. It doesn't matter uh, what you said earlier of, of the love that you give to these horses and how much you care about them. And I wish all owners had the same passion as you do, Mike. Um, well, yeah. I think it's a great I story. I will say everybody, all my, all my friends at West Point, we all feel the same way. And West Point is, in, in particular, that's one of the reasons I went to West Point, because West Point has a tremendous aftercare program. Yep. We follow our horses all the way through their careers. And, you know, let's say one, we've done this several times just this year where horses will get claimed away and maybe they end up in a situation that we don't, you know, you know, Terry Finley's daughter, Erin Birkenauer is great. She's our, our stable manager and she, she tracks these horses and we'll find the owners a horse and we'll go make them an offer to try to get the horse back and get them either retired or get them, you know, in yeah. a good situation. And so we, that's what we do with our horses. But, you know, I've had a lot, I've been fortunate with West Point. I had, my first three horses at West Point were seven trumpets. I had a horse named Kentaka who was out on the West Coast. So Jimmy Creed, he won the San Vicente. He won the Las Barrera. Uh, he was an awesome seven furlong specialist. And uh, now I owned a horse named Golden Rhythm. Oh, okay. I'm uh, sorry, Gunmetal Gun Gray. Gunmetal Gray won the Sham uh, a couple years ago. And and then I had Galilean. And so, anyway, all those horses I mentioned all ended up you – know, Gunmetal Gray ran in the juvenile, uh, juvenile against game winner. He ran his game winner in the American Pharaoh, and then he ran against him again in the juvenile. And then, then he ran the mile that day I told you about. It was City of Light and Catalina. And, and, uh, All right. What's, you know, well, here's the most important up? question of the day. Here's the most important question, Michelle. Uh, what, yeah. And you're on the inside. You know, Sadler has said we've heard stuff about the Saudi Cup for Flightline. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the entire world just wants him to go in the Pegasus and run against um, uh, oh, Nick's go and life him. is Come good. On, wouldn't, that, but wouldn't that be great, Michelle? Um, I know that's, that's not going to happen. Back. So what's next? What, we're on the inside. Break it here on the owner's box, Mike Grimm. What is next for Flightline? <laughs> Well, I really don't have any breaking news because oh, you know, come on. Uh, one of the, one of the things uh, you heard you heard John right after the race. No race is you know every race is on the table for him right now. But you know we take our time with our horses. You know we and John John is great. He's very patient. He's a great trainer for us for the way we like to do things because we always say uh, you know and John says this too. You know we let the horse tell us where he's going to go. We Absolutely. don't tell the horse where he's going to go. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, there's a lot, you know, as you guys know, there's a lot of, of operations that don't do that. They, they make a decision, Hey, we're going to take the horse here regardless. And so, you know, John, mm-hmm. you know, fine, had a great race. He did fabulously, but you know, we'll do as we always have with him. We'll take our time. We'll watch him the next few weeks. Just make sure his energy levels are good, that, 
He's eating, hitting the tub, which he's been doing. He looks great. I've seen videos of him each day. He, Mike, that he's actually, having a great time. Mike, when you said hitting the tub, I got excited because that's basically me during the entire Christmas break. Did you? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mike, yeah, as you know, I mean, that's a huge that's a huge signal when a horse is hitting their feed tub in the mornings. You know, it tells you they're feeling pretty good. I hear you, Mike. Feeling before good. we uh, before we let you go, because we've kept you longer than I know. You're sitting in a parking lot right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You got to give us one piece of advice for somebody that would just be getting into racing right now. Well, I mean, I, the first thing I would say, everybody I know that's in racing. Uh, they love horses. That's the number one thing. You got to love them, you know, and you really do. It's a very, you know, I tell, I tell people, you know, it's, it's, it's mountaintop highs. It's devastating lows. And there's a whole lot more devastating lows than they're on mountaintop highs, you know? And, uh, but, you know, so you've got to, you've got to love it or you'll quit, you know, you'll quit. It's such a hard sport. You know, yeah, it's so hard to win a race. I've told people, you know, it's hard to win a, a 5,000 maiden claimer, you know, maiden special weight race, much less graded stakes races. That's a whole new ball game. You know, it, anything and everything can go wrong. You know, we had a horse named Elector that ran on that earlier. He ran the fourth race Sunday on Sunday at Santa Anita. And, you know, we had high expectations for him and he had a terrible break. And, uh, you know, he was basically done at the start. You know, he lost the race at the start. You know, there's nothing you can do about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's no. Weird yeah. things happen. That's a great point, Mike. Uh, Mike Grimm, uh, thank you very much for joining us on the Owner's Box. And I think people, um, like I said, more people should be should have the passion. Obviously, we're very glad that you're back into the game and that you survived. And we will be on the lookout yeah. for you wherever Flightline shows up because – uh, he is the kind of horse that I think all of us dream about. So thank you very much for your time today and continued well, well, success. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've been so lucky. I, I didn't, I didn't tell you that last July I had a, a stroke and I died again. I died in the back of the ambulance. Oh my goodness. Way to, I, had a, I had my heart through a blood clot that went to my brain. I had a stroke. I died in the back of the ambulance going to the hospital in downtown Fort Worth last July and unbelievably, as after thirty, after chasing this business for thirty six, thirty seven years, that dream of having a derby, I was in a re, I was laying in a in a bed in a rehab hospital, and Jeff listened, and Dow Stewart called me and said, "Hey, are you sitting down?" I said, "I'm actually laying down." He said, "Well, Churchill just called, and we had a horse named Winnie Impression, and they said." They just called Churchill. Just called Dallas. They've talked to all the owners and trainers of the horses on the points list, and he's going to make the field. Uh-huh. And so, you know, talk about talk about a tear moment. The tears started rolling down my cheek because it's like after from 1987 to last year, all those years that dream came true. And, That's amazing. You know, he broke out of the he broke broke out of the 14 hole of the. Uh, the starting gate on Derby Day last year, and you know, and you know, that was a that was a monumental Ke- moment well, in my kept, life. It kept, it kept so. you alive, and we're glad you made it through two, not one, but two yeah. uh, uh, near death yeah. experiences. I ju- you didn't answer exactly. my question though. What does it look like on the other side? Because that's one of the things I'm kind of curious about. Well, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, but uh, I'll tell you, it's it, it's it was the most calming experience of my life. Uh, the only analysis analogy I can come up with is like, 
you know, do you have like, you know, you work hard and you're going on vacation and maybe it's a resort or maybe it's the mountains, maybe it's the ocean, but you know, when you pull into the hotel and you get this feeling just kind of comes over your body, like, ah, oh, I'm here. Yeah. I can just relax now. That was how that whole feeling was the wow. entire time I was there. It was well, amazing. What's the, the book called? Were, the, the what's, the, what's the book called? Well, well the book is going to, the title is going to get changed and we haven't got the new title. My, uh, I have a writing mentor who's been a very successful writer named Jack Canfield. He did the chicken, chicken soup for the soul series. Sure. And he's my writing mentor. And I do calls with him almost every week. And he, he wanted me to change the name. I was going to call it fact, not faith, but he wants me to change the name. And we're going to do a little different. We're doing more as a memoir. We're going to talk about the, the near death experience, the two death experiences and see the afterlife. But, we're going to change and make it more of like a memoir. Where you, need we'll, to, uh, you need to name a horse we'll, afterlife. It's probably taken. Yeah, it's probably yeah. taken. All right, Mike, yeah, we well, got to we, we, we got to let you okay. we got to let you go. You're sitting I mean, in a parking lot. We appreciate it. Well, I'm I think in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the parking lot. It's a good thing. I'm in, I'm sitting in the parking lot at Lone Star Park. In, oh, there you in go, Grand Prairie, Texas. Because Billy's favorite racetrack. Mike, do you know yeah, that? I, do you know we won a Breeders' Cup there? Uh, the Breeders' Cup, yeah, I was at that Breeders' Cup. That was a great Breeders' Cup here. Did you see us it almost take down Breeders the balcony? Cup <laughs> did you Did you see us almost take down the balcony? Do you remember that? No. Who did you have? Singletary. 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 Yeah, I, I bet Singletary because I went to college with Mike Singletary. I had I bet him. That's that day. right. I saw y'all. Y'all were up. I was on the, the if you were where you were standing on that balcony. I know where you. I know where you guys were because I saw you up there on the balcony. But if you look down the left, there was some grandstands. They kind of put. Yes. Coming out of the final turn down the stretch, I was sitting right there on the very the the, the end of those stands closest to the balcony where you guys were because I saw y'all on E1, y'all were celebrating up there on that, and I was like, I'm so happy you guys. But like I said, I went to Baylor with Mike Singletary, and there you go. We had a lot of classes together, and and so how can I not bet that? I felt like that's a hunch. Well, here's what we need you to do: we need you to go win the Kentucky Derby and then come back on the show, and we're gonna do this all over again, and we're gonna talk about winning well, the Kentucky Derby. How's that? I look. I look forward to it. Because we've got a horse already on the. Uh, he's got the points list. His name's Giant Game. He ran a really nice Breeders' Cup Juvenile race this year. Okay. And I've got. We've got a number of. We've got probably five or six two-year-olds right now that I think have chances to make noise. And in fact, one of them's entered for Friday out at Santa Anita. Named Got Thunder. Got uh, Thunder. He Can ran we a bet? pretty nice first race. Can we bet? He's got Got Thunder. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he, you know, wait, I think whoa, 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 whoa! That wasn't a very but, confident. He's, 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 well, uh, he's a he's a arrogate. He's uh, he's not a sprinter, but I think he's gonna be sprinting. But okay. if he stretches out, yes, go to the bank on him. All right, so, we're going we're going to the bank he's, he's on God very, Thunder. Very, <laughs> Mike well, Grimm, he, he's a good horse. Mike Grimm, remember that yeah. name, people. Thank you, Mike, for all the great stories. We really, really appreciate it and continue success. Uh, um, just well, it was a joy to do, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Oh, you guys, y'all guys, was I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, probably went on too long, but no. some of these stories. But thanks for having me, and I enjoyed it. And you know, I thank the world of you guys. I, you know, love I, Michelle. Knows how much I think of her as the job she does. Everybody loves Michelle. Mike. And, and doing anyway. Yeah, she's she's good. I love her handicapping, and I listen to everything she says. So except for yeah, when I said y'all are great. that someone else besides Flightline. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, Mike, go get him, buddy. We'll, that was your mistake. We'll see you out at Santa Anita, Mike. Thank you for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll be out there soon. Y'all take care. All right. Hey, Mike Grimm. Bye. Here in the owner's box. See y'all. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be right back. 
Looking for a good stallion in 2022 for your mare? How about well, this? yes, I am. I knew you always are, Michelle. But how about this roster at TaylorMade Stallions? Are you ready for this, Michelle? I'm ready. Instagram. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Instilled Regard, grade one winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Storm, one of our favorite horses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mishawish, n- uh, Not This Time, who every time I look up, it seems like Not This Time has a win. Do you agree with that? Yes. He's the, he's the leading second Epicenter this week uh, in a stake on right. Sunday at the fairgrounds. And how about new to TaylorMade in 2022? They have Nick's Go. All he did was win the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably be Horse of the Year. And... I think this is one of your favorite horses, Tacitus. Remember Tacitus? Oh, Tacitus. Yes, you love Tacitus. <laughs> this is all at TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White today and get your mare to TaylorMade. Really excited uh, for Santanita to be back going in full flight. Um, also want to make sure everyone knows about the ship and win program that is going on. It's a $5,000 cash bonus for owners that ship to Santanita from outside California. As long as your horse hasn't raced here in the previous 12 months, it's included in that. Or in addition to that, it's also a 35% purse bonus to the horse's earnings in its initial race at the great race place. So make sure to take advantage of that ship and win program. And don't forget, we've got a ton of winter grass racing. That's something you can find in the majority of places. And with the expansive turf course, we can now write five, five and a half, six, six and a half, and six and a half down the hill as well. Well, Michelle, I don't know about you, but I'm Ooh. I'm exhausted from Mike Grimm. I know. Mike <laughs> is so excited about everything. He literally is the luckiest person I know. It's crazy the stuff that happens for but him. But that's that's part of the game. I, you know, I ta- I was t- it's so funny because I was talking to someone about this the other day. You know, we have Billy Soapbox, and I was saying that um, people can be really smart and have great eye for horses and do everything the right way, but you need a little luck. You just, right. right? That's like the final ingredient. You need to be lucky. And there are certain people like Mike Grimm who just are lucky, plain and simple. And he didn't, he'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just, it, 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 it's so nice to hear someone with that much passion. And for those of you who have listened to the whole show and are laughing at me trying to like cut him off because I think he would have talked for an hour and a half if we let him. Um, he was great though, Michelle. It was a great get. And I really appreciate Mike spending the time with us today. And kudos to West Point for getting him back into the game. And our good friend, Jeff Lipson, who's a good guy, uh, got him back in. I think it's really cool. All right, let's look ahead now as we close that out, Billy, to the upcoming weekend at Santa Anita as we are back uh, in for our winter meet. Racing was canceled, originally slated for Thursday. We are not going to be running on Thursday because we're supposed to be getting a massive um, storm, and we saw how crazy the storms out here can get on Sunday. So no racing Thursday, um, but we are going to come back with Friday. There's a $7,500 Showviver contest. All dirt. All dirt on Friday. All dirt. It is the charity first handicapping challenge. And the three stakes races that were on the grass have now been moved to the end of the weekend. So they're going to be run on Sunday instead, which I think is a very good idea. For Saturday, we've got the Sham, the Joe Hernandez, the La Cañada. Um, and then also, like I mentioned, on uh, Sunday is going to be those turf stakes. The Kalukan Queen is also going to be run along with the Eddie Logan and the Blue Norther. Both of those for um, now turned now turned three-year-olds, I guess, originally How for about, two-year-olds. I got some news for you. Uh, are you going to run a dog in the Corgi Nationals? Because that's Sunday, too. No, I don't have a Corgi. I have two Bulldogs. <laughs> Michelle, you know that. But um, there was a horse that scratched out of the San Gabriel because it was taken off the turf. And mm-hmm. now he's going to run in the 
Joe Hernandez. Oh, okay. Do you know who that is? No. He's trained by Dan Blacker. Still, Still don't. Know. Oh, hit the road. Hit, hit the, the road's going to run. Hit the road. Hit the road against Joe Hernandez against Beer Can Man. Really? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think Commander's in there. I think Isn't uh, that six and a half down the hill. Yes, Chaos Theory should be a an amazing wow. race, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, should be a fun weekend at Santa Anita. Well, Michelle, it was another great show, another great guest, Mike Grimm, fantastic. So many things happen. Flightline, Flightline, Flightline. Okay, you know, let's see what happens next with Flightline. Um, you can, uh, if you listen to the show and you like what you hear, or even if you don't like what you hear, tweet at us at Own a Horse at BKLRF at the Michelle U. We are very honored and thankful to be part of the In the Money Media Network. Uh, thanks to JK and Pete for putting this whole thing together, uh, gives a voice and gives a voice to the owners, which is uh, the most important thing that, that we've done here in our little niche. And we are so appreciative of all the listeners. We, uh, hope you have a very, very happy new year. Uh, remember all the horses turn, uh, one year older on January 1st on Saturday. So it's always an exciting time. It's great to be back at Santa Anita, Michelle, and it's great to have you on all your coverage of the, of the races. And I see you everywhere now. You're, you're omnipresent. You're an omnipresent force in horse racing. Hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.